Welcome to the Field of 12 After Dark Show, Sirius XM, ESPNU. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting dirty with George's ass. Let the nuts hang. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's Dabo doing the gritty. The old man, I'm screaming at kids to get off his lawn. Well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey. Cheers, boys. Let's ride. Let's go. You know what time it is. It's Monday night, and that means it is overreaction Monday here at the Field of 12. A lot of action happened this past weekend. We got a lot to overreact to. We brought in the big guns tonight. My name is Greg Waddell. I am joined by George Whitfield, Max Starks. Gentlemen, it's great to see you. George, it's been a while since you and I have been on one of these together, but you're looking great as always. How you feeling? The looking great part, that's that's my mom and 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 my dad, but the uh the time apart, I hope you got your notebook. With the help of Max, we're gonna get you some more notes. You know what I'm saying, Greg? See if we can't get you up up to speed. Same with you guys at home. We're gonna get you up to speed for sure. Yes, sir. We got a lot to catch up on. Max, how you doing on this Monday evening? Man, I'm doing good. Just trying to catch my breath because I just got home probably a couple hours ago and um I had a I had that horrible Sunday night football game with my Steelers and the Dolphins and then mm. I was treated to a surprise on Saturday with LSU Ole Miss but we'll get into that later in the show um but yeah no I'm, I'm doing good I'm still awake my eyes are open I'm not using toothpicks and I, I'm, I'm, re- I'm, re- <laughs> I'm ready to throw down on some overreactions <laughs> can't complain baby we're awake that's step one tonight on a Monday Listen, as always, we are brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. You can listen to us on the SiriusXM app. And if you're watching us on the Field of 12 YouTube channel, we appreciate you. We love the YouTube chat up there. Please click subscribe while you're there. Throw any questions, any comments you have in the comment section. I promise you we are always taking a look at it. And I got to do one shameless selfish plug here. Field of 68 slash Field of 12 store is open. I am wearing the logo to you right now. You can go to Field of 68 dot shop we got some head and hooker for heisman gear in there we got some daddy brad illinois basketball gear in there a lot more in store as we get in hey greg let, let him see it again let him see yeah. it again oh yeah we got the, the, the mic you got the microphone the you got, yeah, got your the, microphone covering it here we go. yeah look at that oh, there it is looking good I, I got three compliments today on it george that's not a lie either i don't lie to the people so never never you do not so let's uh, let's jump in, boys, as we always do. We got to do our toasts. I brought some actual drinks, by the way. Rob Doster's been making fun of me for not drinking or fake drinking <laughs> segment. So it's a hefty pour of some nice Tennessee whiskey here, Rob. George, let's go to you first. Yikes. Anything you want to toast to from the weekend or the week forward? What do you got? Uh, the week forward, I would just like to see uh, an overtime game between Ohio State and Penn State. And I know that's such a weird thing to say, but uh, either way, I'd like to see Ohio State tested and like to see Penn State rise to the occasion. Now, however the chips fall from there, they fall from there. But um, that that's my toast. Ohio State, Penn State, can we get an overtime battle? Ooh, Great okay. to that, baby. I like it. Sorry, Scarlet Witch wants to say hello. I'm drinking out of my Scarlet Witch mug tonight. Hey. <laughs> There we go. And I'm I'm representing my Padres uh, uh, on this on this oh, good evening. Okay. What's up, fellas? Okay. We're with you. We're with you. Right back at it next season. That's yes. a good looking sipper, but it's a sad looking. Diego Fathers, I'm going ahead and just giving that to you. Okay. Indeed. Indeed, sir. Max, take it away. All right. Well, for mine, I mean, I toast to those that were unbeaten uh before this weekend happened. Mm. So Ole Miss. UCLA, oh, I'm sorry, UCLA. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, fellas. Apparently, it was popcorn muscles, and the Twitter fingers do not last anymore. So Oklahoma State would also fit in there. Well, yeah, Oklahoma State would would, would fit in there as well. Mm-hmm. You're correct. So sadly, Lahayam, Lahayam. I took a big L on UCLA. I'm not gonna lie. I came on the best bet show on Thursday. I was like, UCLA's getting it done, and I don't think it's gonna be particularly close. I thought Oregon was a paper tiger, and here I am looking stupid. Not the first time or the last time that will happen. Uh, I'm gonna, George, I'm gonna kind of fall right in line with you here. I'm gonna look forward and I'm gonna look forward in the Big Ten. 
because this is one of the most important weeks in the entire year for the people that live in the state that I live in. That's Michigan, Michigan State Week. And Hello. Listen, yeah. I'm not saying that this is going to be a great football game. In fact, everything we've seen from my Michigan State Spartans would say that's not going to be the case. But it wouldn't be the first time that a not-so-great sure Michigan wouldn't. State team has walked sure in wouldn't. and knocked off Jim Harbaugh. I'm just saying. So, cheers. I'm excited for it. And what's your too-soon prediction for this in-house rivalry? You know, somebody asked me that this morning. And the one thing I won't do, I won't lie to the people, George. I think this is a – I think it's a 7-0 Michigan State game early in the first quarter, and it's 44-7 to by the end of it. <laughs> that feels accurate. That feels that, accurate. Well, yeah, you know that Jim Harbaugh is locked in when he's throwing some pot shots at another coach who has nothing to do with his – I don't know if you guys saw that today, but he hit the press conference and uh, had some words for James Franklin about their little halftime scuffle today. So – that's when Harbaugh was. What, what was the gist of it? What, what did he say? So they, because uh, they were on by last week. I don't know if they didn't meet with the media or what, but um, the, one of the first questions for him today was like, hey, what, what happened at halftime? Was that Franklin? Was it not? And he kind of composed himself, sat back, took a good five seconds to question, you know, where should I go with this? And then he essentially said it was James, James Franklin's idea like he was the leader of this to try and disrupt Michigan from getting to their locker room. And uh, I have more important things to, to look forward to than the childish behavior of James Franklin. So, wow. He threw it down, man. He threw it down. I guess that's they when Harbaugh's be... at his best. Like I said, he, uh, when he's in petty mode, that's when you should be afraid of James, James Harbaugh. So I guess they won't be in the same force of Max. They would, they, you, no need to look for them on a golf course together. No, not anytime soon. <laughs> not soon. All right. We're going to jump right into our overreactions because we have a lot of them to get through tonight. Uh, the first one, I think, is to me the biggest storyline from this past weekend because uh, as much as I want to hype up, a lot happened. It was a little quieter week in terms of results, you could say. Maybe moving the needle power shifters the week before had the big headlines, right? Last week felt like a little bit of a breath of fresh air after the high octane intensity of Alabama, Tennessee. But one game that was pretty important, that was also pretty dramatic, was Clemson's win over Syracuse, the mm -hmm. comeback win over Syracuse. In that game, they had to bench their starting quarterback. DJ was benched. Cade Klubnick was in. And if you watched or listened to what Coach Sweeney had to say after the game, he kind of poo-pooed it pretty quickly and reiterated that this is DJ Uyagalele's team. Do we buy this or do we not? Is Cade Klubnick going to be Clemson's quarterback again this season? George, you're our QB guru. Let's go to you first. What do you think? Yes, 100%. Cade will be the starter. They just got to get their arms wrapped around it. Um and it's not like Cade can campaign for it. He didn't campaign for it. DJ's performance opened the door to it. And it's probably opened the door to it several other times, and they just they just resisted it. Right now, they are coming down the backstretch of an undefeated season, which they need to be undefeated, Max, in order to get a shot at this playoff deal. You cannot come in here with, with taking a shot on the nose. You just can't. So... Everybody in that building's feeling pressure. They were out of this thing the last couple of years. DJ's performance has opened this door up. Now he's a competitor and hopefully he'll respond. But Cade right now, they see these guys in practice every day. They saw Cade in the offseason. They know what he is. And so now he's got to cut his teeth a little bit. But you saw him kind of try to compose himself and settle a little bit on the fly, on a championship run. And this is your first year on campus. I mean, I don't even know if he knows the engineering building's at. And he's starting to kind of figure this thing out. He will start. He will start. Two things happen real quick now going forward. You got to talk about the psychology of, of DJ and the psychology of Dabo. DJ, is he going to play gun shy? I can't make mistakes. Or is he going to try to go out here and really play freely, even playing freely with no threat of a backup coming in hadn't done real well. Then you got the psychology of Dabo Sweeney. If I 
stick with what I said at the reporters and just put DJ back in, how long can I afford to do that? And then am I doing right by my team and my staff? We're all working really hard. This position has a disproportionate level of influence. Am I loyal to a man or am I loyal to a team? It's going to be fascinating watching those two deals unfold, Max. No, you're absolutely right. And as a guy who had to deal with uh, the era of Spurrier and the funding gun, two quarterback systems, uh, this does not feel like that, right? This isn't Jesse Palmer, Rex Grossman. This isn't Tim Tebow, Chris Leak. This is something different. Like the performance is what led to the switch. Mm -hmm. And you think about how, like you just talked about, George, right? That psychology, like, like I got benched and the dude went in. The Monday night football game is on right now. And the same thing literally happened right up here. You had Mac Jones coming back off of injury, starting sluggish. You pull him and Bailey Zappi automatically makes it happen. So that's where it is. Like for DJ, yes, it's going to be a mental blow. But at the same time, this is a performance-based sport. The only thing you can do is perform at the best of your ability when given the opportunity. Cade can't sit there and feel bad for DJ and DJ can't sit there and get mad at Cade. It's like, listen, and the words of Snoop Dogg, your chick chose me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so now he's in that position. <laughs> so, you know, you might try and window dress it. Hey, I'm going to go to dinner with him one more time. We're going to try and smooth it up. But really, I had a really great time with you. Um, we're going to see how I can ease him down slowly. But it has to go down that way because you've seen the performance issues. And DJ's still on the bench. He's still on the team. You know, it's there if anything goes wrong in these next couple of weeks, right? Because you do have a Notre Dame game. You got Wake Forest down the line. You got some big games you still need to get over the hump on. And having both of them available in the right mindset is just the best way to go. Max, I'm glad you brought up the, the Patriots because I've got it on in the background right now. And we're watching this play out in real time with Mac Jones. And a totally different situation, different talent levels, right? But the most interesting thing to me when watching this before we started the show, I had the volume on. It's like even through the television screen, you could feel the aura in the stadium shift. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you you know, the camera's cut into guys that have the fans that have the zappy signs and the T-shirts and everything. And it's just like it was like almost a breath of fresh air because they've seen this guy have success in a way that even Jones didn't have early in the season. And then, you know, now all of a sudden on the fly, it happens. He has one big play. And I got to imagine that psychologically that's big and that's important to players on a football field so George my question to you in light of that would be knowing your history you've worked with the greatest quarterbacks on earth that's no exaggeration Mm -hmm. what does like like is this just a one game thing like Dabo's trying to make us believe and even Kay Klubnik in his his post-game presser came very clearly out to say this is DJ's team I had one good half next week it's DJ's football team how does DJ respond from that mentally? Like, can he actually just view that as one bad half or is he going to feel the snowball effect linger and carry into the next week? It's going to be his greatest test. It's going to be the, it's going to be his greatest, toughest test. So much of playing quarterback is the association, especially once you become a starter, being associated with leading from the front. And when you're not the starter, it's like the general who's on the horse who has to get down off the horse. And now you find yourself amongst the rest of the troops. You got to kind of figure that out. And, and you, you are uncomfortable down on the ground. You've been up front. You've been up on top of that horse leading. This is going to be his greatest test. The only real way I know for him to, to drive forward is work. You can't your performance has already spoken so loudly. We took you out of the game down 21-10. The true freshman comes in with that double-digit deficit and however it was, hooker by crook, by this or by that, we come out with a win to maintain our, our, our perfect season. That's going to be a tough deal. The only real way he could do it is to buy, by working. He's got to be working. He's got to be vocal. Be what you are. If you've always been vocal in the weight room, stay vocal in the weight room. If you've always been real gracious in the quarterback room, stay gracious. Like, like 
the 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 bite of this thing can push you into some dark corners. He's got to stay in the middle of the ring with that. Get out to practice, work, study yourself on film, be who you've been. You got to be who you've been and you got to keep working. That that's, that's pretty much it. And a quick note about club Nick. So I've known both these kids since they were like early high school, right? They, they both just took over their, their um, starting jobs. Kate is the type of dude Fellas, that if you dropped your wallet, he would run and catch up to you or drive it across town to you. And he'd, he'd attach a $20 bill to it because you were inconvenienced or, hey, you left this at my place. Hey, Max, this is uh, your wallet. Let me. And I put $20 in here too. And I also noticed you you had a little uh, Burger King receipt. I threw that out. You didn't want to carry that trap. That, that's, that's who he <laughs> is, right? And as soon as DJ does something great in practice, you know, the first voice that he's going to hear from congratulating him on that Cade, it will be real fortunate because Cade is, it, it, he just doesn't have, you know, those, those fangs and claws, like a lot of quarterback rooms would have um, DJ's fortunate from that standpoint. He's unfortunate from the standpoint that Cade's a worker. He's a killer quietly and he's been winning all through his Texas career. Now he's on your heels, awful timing. Uh, but it will be fascinating to see how this plays out. All right, so let's wrap the Cade Klubnik segment of this with a, a simple pointed question. Maybe it's not this simple, but I'm going to do my classic tie your hands and make you answer this here. Max, <laughs> we're, you're going to go first. Okay. Two-part question, part one. Could this Clemson team win a national championship with DJ as the full-time quarterback? Yes or no? No. Can this Clemson team win a national championship with Kate Klubnik at quarterback? Yes or no? No. George, same questions. I agree on both ends. Okay. Good. I just had to get the pulse there. I was curious if this really shifted the needle or not. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yep. I I agree with he he speaks the truth both ways. Vitals are there, Max. I'm glad we checked that, right? The vitals exactly. are there. Vitals are there. <laughs> I, and I know I can be a bit dramatic, so I just wanted to make, yep, no, it's, it's steady. Da-doom, da-doom, da-doom. We're good. There we go. All right. Uh, all right, let's move to my country, Big Ten country here, Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, George alluded to this in his toast, but this is a very, very important game for both teams, given the way the narratives of their season have gone. Obviously, Ohio State, Penn State, anytime is an important game. But all Ohio State is hearing right now is they've played no one. We can't take them seriously. They're stat padding, et cetera. And to an extent, I think some of that's true. When you've got C.J. Stroud and the first-team offense on the field up 30 points in the fourth quarter against whoever was on the field for the Iowa defense at that point, you can't tell me they're not stat padding it a little bit. They got to play somebody. Penn State is somebody. And for Penn State, coming off of what Michigan did to them two weeks ago, this feels like a very, very big prove-it game. Now, they took care of Minnesota at home in the White House. Last week, I watched a lot of that game. Penn State looked pretty damn good. But that was also against Minnesota without Tanner Morgan. And Ohio State is certainly a much different test. So for overreaction purposes, fellas, okay. Ohio State and Penn State, will be the game of the season because of all of this buildup that I just led us to, and it means so much to both of them. The game of the season for whom? For the Big Ten or? For for the entire country, fellas. No. (laughs) No. No. I get it. You might have some people that, you know, that cold front came through, a little shaking a little bit. No, no, no. That that, that, The game of the season? We and just saw. Of, we just saw what it was supposed to be, and the next biggest one is going to be the one next week down south. That's where it is. The SEC is going to reside with a mm-hmm. big game that has national implications. This game only has national implications for one team. It's mm-hmm. Ohio State. Am I fake or am I real? Am I a fraud posing as a team that should be up here, or am I the real McCoy? That's all this is going to answer because we know what Penn State is. And we watched them get drugged by Michigan, right? So it only benefits one side. The one that's coming in a week from now, that one's going to determine two positions about not only who dominates the East, but who also dominates 
in the rankings because people feel that Tennessee should be at the number one seed, even over Georgia, who was idle last week. So, you know, I look at that and that we've had some humongous games already this year that have already given us a taste. I think that Ohio State-Penn State game just slots in as big game. That's it. It's just big game. I mean, what time is going to be? What a noon kickoff, anyways? Is a Fox big noon? Kickoff? Horrible, horrible by the yeah. by the networks to do that. By the networks, yeah. That is a if it was that big of a game, it must be three thirty or later. That's it. Night game, whiteout. Yeah, night game, whiteout is what it should be. It should be that a tells you ABC game. Somebody in Columbus has some juice though to say <laughs> that it might have been a whiteout on paper, and they <laughs> said, you know, hey. You know what would be nice if that game was played right at 12 o'clock? That'd be ideal. Yeah. And then yeah. somebody at the network said, yeah, we can make that happen. That that yeah. that should have been a, a night game. I'm going to. Money talks. It talks loudly. So let me ask you guys this. You guys are both familiar with L.A., yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's just take four different neighborhoods in L.A. The All Valley, right. Compton. Crenshaw and Santa Monica. Right now, this current moment, Ohio State is the baddest in Santa Monica. And they're knocking, they're knocking out loudmouth dudes who kind of their size really smaller. And then they're knocking them out, knocking them out. And people are like, Yeah, but you ain't in Compton. You ain't in Crenshaw. They even got gnarly dudes in the valley. Yeah, but we'll all eventually meet up. I we will see them. Like you. Correct. They're not they're not in Compton uh, street corner to street corner in these like knockdown dragouts. They're not. But untouched, unblemished, no scares, but they're knocking them out. But it's all going to funnel in anyway. And dare I throw a metaphor on top of metaphor. But Max Resty's guys have heard me say this multiple times. A bear is a bear. It don't matter if it's up against like a German shepherd. If a bobcat sneaks into a bear exhibit or some drunken dude who got funny and slipped in there, they're all getting ripped up. But just because we haven't seen it up against another bear, we're going to question the viability of this bear. I don't I don't think that's wise. I just don't think it's wise. You still have the eyeball test and they are treating inferior talent in like like inferior talent. There are no close calls. Georgia went to Missouri snuck out of there Alabama now that you look at this Texas team that's been getting beaten Iowa State only beat them by they only beat Iowa State by three they got it out of Austin by a point Ohio State has had no such drama and because they haven't had drama we're saying they're stat padding or this that or the third no they're just taking care of business on a schedule that was made three years ago and it's still in the Big Ten and all their heavyweight stuff really starts Saturday and then they'll see Michigan. They'll see the state of Michigan uh, here in the next couple of weeks. And then they'll be on into it. So I think everybody just has to kind of hang in there. But a bear is a bear is a bear. So I, I love the analogy. I heard you drop that on Saturday night. And I was watching the, the post game after dark show. You guys should tune in if you're listening at home. You are like, what's that show? No, it's after all the action on Saturday. George and the fellas do a great job every single week. But let's... Let's dive deeper into that, right? Because Ohio State, I'm with you 100%. They're a bear. They've been ranked atop our field of 12 rankings for, I think, three weeks now. And we flirted with, should we put Tennessee up there? Should Georgia stay there? They're the team at the throne still, they've got the crown. But we have Ohio State there. Is Penn State a bear? Like, don't, no matter what, if, if Ohio State goes in and beats this team by three, four touchdowns, can we now say, okay, they've thrashed another bear? Or does it kind of become, well, maybe Penn State's – because I kind of heard that after Michigan did that. Well, let me ask you two this question just quickly. If you guys are facing Georgia, what would you want to force Georgia to do offensively? What would you force them to do? Uh, I can tell you this. I'd I'd force a a third receiving option to be your main guy. But you, so you'd want them to pass, yes? You want to turn them into a pass? Yeah. If you face, if you face Alabama, you got to go and secure what you'd rather than become a what team? 
I'd rather them become a running team than a passing team. <laughs> Come on, Max, let's go two for two. Yeah. If you go see Tennessee, you got to focus your attention on the what game? Oh, it's the passing game. Well, it's Hinton Hooker. You got to focus on. Uh, Forget everything. Else. You had the hey, focus look. on the guy. Not even keep coming, <laughs> keep coming. We're yeah. not. If you face Michigan, you want them to become a what team? Passing team all the way. Okay. Facing Ohio State, you want them to become what? Which what's the greatest threat from Ohio State? You want to for you your best route to victory is to try to get them to be a what? I mean, if we're going off of what they what I mean, Travion Henderson is obviously the lesser of that receiving core and CJ Stroud, right. but still, like you said, still a bear because you got about two first rounders on that offensive line that all they love to do is pancake, you know, people left and right. So, I mean, I think when you put it that way, from what we've seen, you have to say that Ohio State's the most well-balanced team, and they also carry one of the toughest defenses, too. Uh, rugged. Now, this is where I will give both of you. Georgia and Max, we've been calling Georgia the White Walkers for some time. We've been calling Alabama the Roman Army for some time. Defense is sturdy. To me, at Ohio State, New D.C., all over the place, they're dynamic, they're ball hawking, it ain't just like rallying and making tackles. But honestly, if everybody stepped back, it yes, some teams have had their big heavyweight match already early in the season and they come through that crucible. Ohio State is coming. But if you step back, there is no singular thing that you say, we got to take this part of it out. They got the nastiest receiver in all of football and Smith and Jigba. 350 plus yards last year in the Rose Bowl and he was a third all year then he becomes the one he's out for Notre Dame and then six more games he just got back last week they didn't skip a beat still putting up 70 still putting up 50 still putting up six 700 yards total offense I ain't gonna call it balanced but it's it's duly effective it's gonna be interesting they can get in a track meet with you and they can get down on the ground and ground and pound with you Georgia's a ground and pound Alabama wants to stay off the ropes. Now it sounds funny, but they're not really ground and pound anymore. We know what Tennessee is. It's all haymaker, haymaker, haymaker. They're not going to tie up with you. Ohio State can play either type of game and bring that sturdy defense with them. It's going to be fascinating, but they're in Santa Monica right now. But do trust they will make it down to Staples Arena and be ready for whoever comes. It's a pretty versatile bear from the sounds of it, George. Yeah, yeah. That's a bear that can do a lot of things. All right. Uh, well, I'll be tuning into that game for sure. There's massive both national and Big Ten implications. But uh, as you guys said, couldn't get the night game. That's that's reserved for Michigan and Michigan State, my friends. Cheers. No oh, kidding. Get out okay. Here. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, I'm wow. not going to say it. I had to say it. Yeah, uh, exactly. No <laughs> kidding. Listen, it's, it's one of the only times. I only want to see Blake Corum. That's the only reason why they put it on nighttime. It's the only yeah. time I get to celebrate anything with my Spartans this year, Max. You think I'm not going to live up every second of that? I'm going to do it. All right. Hey, uh, it's, it's almost basketball season up there. Hang in there. Amen to that, baby. By the way, I felt like uh, when we were watching the, the connection there between the two of you when you played that little game, I felt like I was watching Hooker to Hyatt. I mean, that was just like 80-yard <laughs> bomb after 80-yard bomb after 80-yard bomb. Well done, fellas. So we're going to move to uh, the Big 12 here where we saw Oklahoma State, a team, again, George, you alluded to them when we did our toast, but Oklahoma State survives against Texas. I think that's the right word. They were down for the majority of that game. Texas jumped out to a lead early. And uh, yeah. I, I think Texas had a lot of opportunities, not necessarily to put them away, but to make the second score that kept keeping them out of striking distance. Mm -hmm. And for the majority of that game, that didn't happen. Quinn Ewers was 19 for 49 against Oklahoma state. And look, I, I've been a stats guy before for this very show last year, the college football playoff. George knows this. I would love to know the last time that a quarterback in the Big 12 had 30 incompletions in a ball game. I would bet and that. not 80 attempts without having 80 attempts. Right. Yeah. With with under 50 attempts with 30 incompletions. That doesn't happen. You know how much how much of the game is behind the line of scrimmage for quarterbacks now? The automatics raise up, Max. You've been playing. A quick Damn. bubble. That's a completion. 
Little shovel yeah. pass. That's a completion. Slip screen. Thirty incomplete. And at so no point, and at no point was there the warm up. You know what? Maybe he's out of rhythm. Maybe we just need to hit him with some now routes, right? Throw mm. a little high, little quarter rollout, right? A boot, right. something. Don't let that boy drop back and embarrass himself thirty of those times. So, so we we're not in the business of you know coming after an individual too much here. We don't like to do that. No. These are college, but kids. you come after performance though for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. Right, right. Nothing I'm, about him. Hundred <laughs> percent. And I'm going to get to there because again, we got to frame this from our overreaction. It's overreaction Monday. Yes. So. Just to, again, I want to put some context into this performance because we're not just coming after the guy randomly. Oklahoma State's passing defense, 124th in the FBS this season. Oh, my gosh. This is not a good passing defense. 19 for 49. And, uh, look, I watched the game. You guys are smarter football minds than I am. But it looked to me like he missed a lot of dudes. So, from an overreaction standpoint, we crowned Quinn Ewers way too early and we do not know what caliber of a player this kid really is. George, mm. again, you're our quarterback's guy. What do you think? I'm going to defer to Max. I'm going to go second because I've been yapping a lot. All right. I'm going to say this is what we do. It's par for the course. We want to crown people. Heck, let's take my alma mater. We crowned Anthony Richardson in September off of some gimmick plays from the year before. I mean, that's what we do. We, we You see, sometimes people get enamored. You see the NIL numbers. You see the snapshot, right? You don't see the full – see a snapshot, you're like, I already know what the answer is. I know what we're going with. But these, all these, all these young players have to grow. They have to continually gain requisite knowledge and experience, and only playtime will dictate that. Because the same thing was they thought a year ago in Texas A&M, Haynes King was going to be the guy. Well, we found out, no, he is not. Because you got to play. You have to show us over and over that you can shoulder that responsibility. Like George talked about earlier, right? You want to put a guy on the horse and make him the general. What if he can't ride a horse? Right. <laughs> you you want to see if he can ride the horse before you give him a, your best horse in the stable, right? You want to try him out on one of the little mares, some, one of them shire horses, you know, and just see if he can get up there and gallop around the fences right in the field. And that First. horse is going to buck him off. That's what we're getting to where I think people, because you saw Quinn Ewers in that snapshot against, against Alabama until he got injured, man, he can go toe-to-toe. We don't know what would have happened after four quarters. And now we see this performance, which I kind of blame Texas. I blame Sarkeesian on this one. At what point did you forget that B. John Robinson was in your backfield? Mm-hmm. At what point did you forget that boy was back there? Because he only touched the ball, I think, six times in the second half. Touched 18 times in the first half. So, and they tried to make Quinn this guy, and it was like, no, stick to the recipe. Why are you freestyling right now? I told you how to make these collard greens. This is grandma's greens. They're good for generations. Why are you throwing paprika in there? Don't deviate. Don't deviate. Don't deviate. Nobody wants smoked turkey wings. Put the ham hock in there. (laughs) For the ragger, Max, 5.8. Average yards per carry for Bijan and Greg. Game. I thought you were going to say, for the record, was Ham Hawks. That was the record. I thought <laughs> yeah. you were going to <laughs> but go ahead. Sorry, Greg. No, you're great. You're great, George. Uh, no, I you're, I think you you hit the nail on the head though, Bijan. Right? Like, I mean, he was he essentially is unstoppable, and they were having success in the first half. And again, this was a game Texas led for the majority of the game, including a majority of the second half and they still went away from the run game. It was pretty baffling to me to watch play out. Um, but, George, I mean, I, I'm assuming you've obviously interacted with Quinn Ewers at points. Yeah. Um, you've seen him up close and personal. You know the talent that is there. But yep. once, uh, like, I, there was a lot of hype because I hosted the show last week, right, with uh, I think it was Trevor Knight and Christian Hackenberg, two esteemed quarterbacks here, <clears throat> beloved at the field of 12. And all three of us agreed that when we're talking Big 12 hierarchy, when we're talking who's really going to end up pole position to win this thing, all three of us put a star next to Texas. And the reason why was just two words, Quinn Ewers. It was we think he might have the ceiling that elevates them enough to emerge Mm -hmm. out of this group of good teams and become a great team by the end of the season. 
That didn't happen in this game, and now it's probably insurmountable for them to overcome as far as the conference standings go. But is that a Quinn Ewers problem, or is that a Texas problem? It's a Texas problem. It's a Texas problem. And and I've had the fortune to be at the lead 11 for 16 years now. And I've only been doing quarterbacks for a year before that on the field, working with them. But kids don't rate themselves. They go, they win a game, they lose a game, they play well, they don't. They hit the camp circuit, they do, they don't. They don't rate themselves. And it's easy. It was a perfect storm. South Lake Carroll in Dallas, big, prominent, lavishly covered school. I think he had a couple years starting. They had a whole lot of success. He had a whole lot of help. Um, you know, he's got, you're, you're driving an army tank and you're driving an army tank really well in front of big crowds and big Texas football. He leaves the state to go to the number to, to the Buckeyes, who at the time were number one when he committed to him. Then when he returns, it's like the prodigal son returns home to Sarkeesian and to a Texas base. And let's be honest, Greg, Max, it, it's a Austin, Texas with their Longhorns. They hope and hope and hope and hope and those hopes turn into expectations. Other places, hope is hope. And it's like um, it's measured. Let's get some steps. Hey, let's get this solidified this year and the next year we can add. But when I I I, I cringed when I saw Texas sold 67,000 season tickets to start the season. I said, ooh, they're sipping that Kool-Aid down. They are ready. And again, nothing wrong with coming in and supporting heavy, but you gotta keep perspective. And everybody thought Quinn Ewers has a cape on. He Quinn, Quinn Ewers is a good quarterback. He's like a very good quarterback. He's not the best quarterback in the Big 12. He may not be top. He might be third in the Big 12, just to be all the way honest, if we're just going to be honest about it. Did he ever rank himself amongst Big 12 quarterbacks? No, but we all did. We put him nationally and all the rest of the stuff. He is who he's been. That's it. But And then Texas around him. I mean, he's got all these big monster receivers. You got an all-world running back behind you. You got a big-time head coach who's been a coordinator at all levels. And, yeah, you, you've had some nice games and you've had, a, like, a clunker. But I think the pressure on Sarkeesian and on Quinn Ewers uniquely is Arch Manning. That's the pressure. They won't talk about it out loud. They won't say it out loud. But either way, the fans are going to be in those stands with their 67,000 season ticket holders. They'll be ready to go ne next year no matter what. The other 21 starters that step out there for the Longhorns next year, they'll be fired up no matter what. The pressure is on Quinn, and it's on Sarkeesian. They got to cover some ground. You got to get and establish yourself. You got to give me a case as the coach as to – why I'm not going to throw you in a dogfight this spring. Here in a couple months, he's going to be in for the fight of his life. Because Arch Manning is coming in with a tidal wave behind him. A check down to a running back is going to be the greatest check down any, running, any quarterback has ever had at the Longhorns. If he jogs off the field from spring practice, he's going to, it's going to be the greatest jog any player has ever had. Look at the hustle, the love of the game, the this and the that. So Quinn's got his wave. A tidal wave is coming. And now if he can just sustain some good performances, get some big wins, and make it known without question, this is mine. Anybody who's going to join, welcome, but grab a seat behind me. The door is wide open. He hasn't put one hand on that door. And if I'm Arch Manning, I'm like, this is great. These guys look competitive. We're in some real ball games. And the guy who's playing my position is... I know I'm going to get a dog fight. I want a dog fight. Split the reps up. Let's go see how this plays out. It's a great point about Arch. It really is. It's like it's shiny toy syndrome, right? Like there's always a shinier toy, no matter how shiny yeah. your toy is, no matter how fun it is. But except with Arch, 
it's the the biggest example of shiny toy syndrome ever. It's this is not just a regular toy. This is the toy of all toys that Texas is going to have to play with next year. And uh, just think of the pressure. Think yeah. about the pressure. Max, imagine this. You're on the field getting ready to battle. And the guy that's behind you that all everybody has heard about since really since you got to Texas State, we've also heard about him. His two Hall of Fame uncles will be on the sideline just watching practice, chilling, eating popcorn, talking to reporters. This kid will have some national commercials from he'll be the first college football player not playing to have commercials. Yeah. All his finances will be out there. All this, all that. And every time he does that, people are going to pass out. They're going to pass out your game. You have the stage right now. you got to take this on for you, for yourself, because you want to be a better player, period. And then you're going to have to lead this team. But 30 incompletions against a team that, I mean, frankly, you said 124. There's only 125 Division I programs playing football. They're, they're the worst in football against the pass. So, again, different type of pressure from DJ. DJ's is internal and they're making a championship run. They're pressed to do something now. But this kid needs to press to do something right now as well because he's under pressure. Both those guys, um, I mean, they're under something tremendous. Yeah, no, I mean, Quinn Ewers got to go full Missouri on them, right? We all know what Missouri is, the show me state, right? You got to show me something. Because like you said, this is third-generation NFL quarterback caliber talent that is poured into this young man that's going to be setting foot on campus in Austin who worships football, you know, right next to Jesus, okay? Like, this is no accident. This is nothing else. Quinn Ewers has to come out. and But here's the thing we all know about this, George and Greg. There's two things about pressure that I know. It can be applied or it can be felt. Which one are you in that situation? Because right now it's looking like you're feeling the pressure while you mm. had to throw it 49 plus times. You knew you had an audible check in there where you could hand it off. Don't act like, don't act like, oh, coach, coach said it. I have to do that. Or I'm a robot. No, <laughs> you knew what, you knew how you was feeling in that moment. You also know there's check downs. Like you said, there's check downs in that offense. Don't go for the long bomb. You are in control. If you were feeling the pressure, I'm being more of a game manager and not this elite quarterback. Talk about that on the sidelines after you score a touchdown, right? Mm -hmm. Boring and consistent is what people want to see because, it, like you said, you just said it, it translates to wins. I would rather have a boring victory than an absolutely stunning loss, a fantastic (laughs) loss, right? Absolutely. Give me that dub. And you can't sit there and do that because – Arch Manning is winning every time you make that decision that you don't feel like you're showing enough or that you're doing enough and that you're feeling this, this ghost pressure on you. Now, you said he's going to be in for the fight of his life when it comes spring, because if that dude farts, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Is that fried chicken? Oh, that's my favorite, <laughs> that's my favorite flavor of cologne right there. I mean, th- everything he does is going to be amazing. So you have to just establish yourself and make sure that you're the guy that they that that quote unquote that hope and expectation that people hope that he will be that he will show those moments along the way so that at least you have a fighting chance when it comes springtime. Yep. I just and, hope and, oh, go ahead, and know this: if you get to spring and they're in that battle, and I Sark's not going to declare anything in spring, they'll get to that spring game. If Arch goes 10 for 20 with two drops and eight overthrows, they'll be like, well, once we get these, these drop balls cleaned up, he's going to be just fine. We're going to roll. They will – They. It, it, it's hard to correctly, like, share how much pressure is con- – I don't think any quarterback is going to have been under this much pressure. He's been famous – since he was a freshman in high school and he's been playing good ball. He said it again on the back of that name on the back has been famous for 60 years. (laughs) You're going up against a legacy. And, and then here's the other piece, right? 
and this is just Texas. It's it's kind of college football, but it's also Texas. Um, Quinn tweeted a couple weeks back his Maserati got towed, and people are like a Maserati. I'm like, oh, this dude got a Maserati, a Porsche, and a something else. Like life is good. He he's 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 tasting the 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 finest bourbon, the finest steak, the this and that, but. There's a boxer, uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, who said it's hard to wake up and grind when you wake up in silk robes. And my other thought about this is, is life so good on campus nowadays that some of these dudes who should be up here before the sun rises, either in the film room or on the track or grinding, have they been kind of seduced out of that stuff? Shoot, I'm living life. This is good. Because there's killers all around them. Either they'll be opposing them on Saturdays or they're opposing them day to day in practice. And if you for one second let your hand slip off that steering wheel because you're busy trying to get a, a second helping or something, or you're trying to get your hands on some keys or get to, it's going to be fatal for you. It's going to be, it's going to be fatal. Yeah, I cannot stress enough the amount of pressure coming in. There is no way with Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and Clemson, all of these guys recruiting Arch Manning, that Texas said anything different to the exception of some type of notification about playing. Everybody got steak, Max. Everybody mm-hmm. got a great frat row. Everybody got sweets and this and that. Everybody put them in an SUV. Somebody repeatedly on Texas's campus said, no matter what happens this year, short of this dude bringing back a Heisman and national championship, you will be in the dogfight with him in spring. We yep. promise you that. We'll write it down if you'd like us to write it down someplace for you. Exactly. Would you like permanent or would you like magic erase? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, little, that little secret pin with the UV light. I, however you need to read it, it's Correct. there. It's as Know this. Yeah, Rocky Two. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Rocky Two. How Break it down for him. Train, and how did Rocky train? Clubber Lang was down in the basement in the hood, looking all sweaty and everything. Rocky Three. No, sorry, Rocky Three. You're right, Rocky Three. Rocky Three. Yep. He's down there sweating, and you got, you got, you got. Hey, Rocco, got got a little robot servant in the house. He's over there doing, you know, doing all these little things, getting kisses on the cheek while he's doing the speed bag, and he got dropped. Yeah, and that, that hey, listen, Rocky had gold rings. Mr. Yep. T had feathers. Yeah, <laughs> yep. feathers in his hair. That's real talk. And Greg, and and for those of you rolling with us at home, what Max is saying couldn't be more poignant. I, I would suggest everybody look it up. Rocky three, find it. And what he's talking about the the thing that made Rocky's Rockies was, yeah, the the little hero's journey, but always the training montage. How did they treat? the arrival to the fight. Rocky mm. came from nothing. When he got something, he leaned back on it. All the swag pushed forward. And he wasn't doing what he had been doing to get here. Clubber Lane is training in these ugly little crawl spaces with pipes busted and stuff spitting back at him. And he's always growling. Everything is cut off because probably made half his clothes and it all bore out. The exact way. If you just watched one and you watched the other, you'd be like, I don't know nothing about either one of them, but I know how this fight's going to go. Hey, li- <laughs> and listen, and- if it if it doesn't work out for Quinn Ewers, honestly, I'm glad you guys brought up the Rocky series because he'd be a great Rocky villain. I'm just throwing that out there. Him with his mullet, with the Maserati, <laughs> man, a new age, the Creed series. I don't know the, where the that is. The new Tommy Gunn? <laughs> get that man a career, man. Sign a check. He can go. Hey, Arch grabs guys. <laughs> Size wise, yours is like six two ish, two fifteen ish. Arch Manning is between six four and six five, and he's going to be about two thirty five. Yeah, I'm just, just simply just putting them, just trying to put this into perspective for those of you. When this rascal shows up on campus, and that school's on TV every other night, and there's no football on, you'll know. He, yep. he is no tryhard. He looks like a big old thoroughbred when he walks around the building. And he's got the influence. He's he's like Ivan Dragov. He's got all the fancy buttons, all the technology. All of it. Yep. All of it. And get, his uncles are telling him what he needs to do. 
Yeah, and correct. When, when his uncles don't hear it, their granddaddy is talking about it as well. And he's what I guarantee when he comes in day one, what he's going to decipher from watching film is going to blow everybody in yep. that way. It might rival the offensive coordinator. It's a, it might rival. Correct. Correct. You know, except for he won't steal a Betamax because they don't have those. He just has to take a tablet. and it has. But a- Max is right, Greg. There will be times. It'll be fascinating to see how they try to coach him. And th- this did roll over to an Arch Manning deal, but that came because it was a Quinn Ewers deal, and that came because it was a Texas laid an egg. There will be times those coaches absolutely do play up to this kid. Hey, what'd your uncle call this at uh, at the Colts? Did they call this a robber coverage? That's what we call it. We call it that too. Hey, what did Eli say about the Super Bowl? They ran press quarters on that. That's a week. Like, can there's no way. There's just no way. He'd have to walk in there. Like he'd ha- even if he was asleep, they'd be like, Hey, Arch, you don't mind waking up, do you? We got a quick point. And I'll let you get right back to sleep. But I just don't want you to miss this. You know what I'm saying? Like the it's a tidal wave coming. It's a tidal wave coming. And if Quinn Ewers don't sober up and sit up straight up on that horse and get going, it's going to be another transfer because it'd be tough to sit in there as a number two behind a guy after you was already leading this program. He's got to get going. Yep. All right. We got about 10 minutes left in the show. Uh, If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, we appreciate you. Jump in the comments. Click that subscribe button. Field of 12 is where you can find us four nights a week, Monday through Thursday, and also Saturday evenings where George and the fellas are on after all of the action. Uh, Also, you can listen to us on the SiriusXM app. Very important to get that because you'll be able to hear us both in football season, the remainder of the way, but also for college basketball. That's starting up. Soon, two weeks from today, I believe, is the first game of the season. And we're going to have nightly after dark shows there as well with the field of 68. All right, boys, we got one more overreaction to get to, and then we will end the show with our three stars of the week. So let's go about six, seven minutes here on this overreaction. And this one's spicy. I'm, I'm okay. not a softball. This is a spicy one. Mario Cristobal should be fired. I'm just going to say it. They just, they're coming off of a 45-21 to 21 loss at home. To the Duke Blue Devils, they have now lost three of their last four games after starting the season two and oh, there were eight turnovers in this game by the Miami Hurricanes. Eight turnovers in a game. They still have to face Florida State. They still have to face Clemson this season. It may not end well. Max, let's go to you first. Should Mario Cristobal be fired? Yes. Um, I, I mean, I just think that you're going in the wrong direction. Um, I know it's year one and I know you've got some guys, but your first year can't be worse than last year. Mm. And right now Miami is trending in that direction. And I know this was homecoming, you know, but I watched, I was, I was calling that PAC 12 championship game. Mario Cristobal sat out there and boldface lied to them boys, told him he wasn't going nowhere and that he's ready to coach. And you saw those dudes quit on the field in the second quarter of that Pac-12 championship game. And then I fast forward, I then called the Alamo Bowl with Oregon versus Oklahoma. I saw more heart in those kids in that game without Cristobal than I did in the Pac-12 championship where it mattered. And that told me a lot about your coach, right? Mm. And so that's why I think if you've lost, especially Miami, and the history and the pride that they have, and you're trying to reestablish the you and all that other stuff, and you go out there and you get you get dog whipped like that, and you you you're you're not you're not a team that's even thought of after the beginning. Because remember, this was this wasn't like they'd been unranked the entire season. No, no, no. This was a ranked team, high expectations for them, and I get expectations versus reality are two different things. But you don't even come close to resembling that. I didn't even recognize that team on Saturday. I said, I said, I said, I'm sorry. What school was that? I was like, is the FIU playing? Oh no, no, no. That, that that's the other school in Miami. Okay, okay. You mean the Hurricanes? Get out of here. No, mm Like you rushed to try and find that savior, like you did with Mark Rick, and try and find the association. But in today's, you got you got to go outside the box because the crystal ball box, that crystal ball was not is not telling a good fortune for the future. I hate to say that. George, what do you I, think? I, I, 
I don't disagree with Max's premise. I don't have the same answer at the end. They do deserve better. They deserve better. Proud program. Nebraska got up, realized they needed to break up. They needed to just to have their breakups so they could get on and just deserve better. You, Your legacy deserves better. As tough as it is, and I hear what I'm saying, what I'm about to say, but I think either I think they need to give him some more runway, but let him know you need to make visible changes, be it on the staff or some other things that we could see. I don't want to hear this old stuff about we're getting it figured out. Now I need to see some changes. And it's fascinating because if you look at Mario Cristobal and Brent Venables and Marcus Freeman, all of them highly lauded, highly touted, highly ranked. And that's three of the biggest programs in, in the sport. The Canes, the Sooners, and Notre Dame. Hmm. Notre Dame went from fifth to losing to Marshall at home to being not ranked. Oklahoma had to stave off a Kansas team that they still gave up 40 points to at home with the backup quarterback, so they didn't lose four in a row. And now you got Mario Cristobal down there. Eight turnovers. The Miami basketball team. The last time they played had six. Rob Douster, our director. Appreciate that, Rob. They, but so something, I mean, and then Max, I guess my question, and Greg, I know I ran long, but you're good. Where would you go to get better? Like you, you've already got him. You already got him situated. Yes, you want more, you deserve more, but he has done effective work in the past. Yes, he'll he'll drop something cold like Oregon and walk off from it. He's always professed his love for this program. Where would you turn if you dropped him off? And it's going to cost you quite a quite a bit of money. That's the one I struggle with, right? I mean, I felt like last year you were very quick to make sure you got your guy, right? You you eyeballed him and however it played out, you got him already convinced before he won the championship, right? And, and, and the Pac-12. I, that's the one thing I do dislike about coaches when they leave. It's when they leave and the, the aura that they're giving off as they leave, because, you know, as a young man and, and we're, and we're fathers, right, George, mm -hmm. I mean, how pissed off would you be if you tell your son, Hey, I'm leaving you in, my, in the care of this individual because I believe in that person. We had that that heart to heart. And this dude turn and run and tuck tail. You're in the Pac-12 championship game. Correct. Like you are already considered one of the best in your division and in your, 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 your conference. And there was still something greener grass wise to go after. There was something right. you felt was missing that you couldn't get here, but yet you had this commitment to them but yet then those same coaches want to get pissed off for a kid jumping into the portal correct or uh not going to a bowl game saying go get ready for the draft yes you want to knock those kids down and talk negative about them for making those type of business decisions when you make the very same business decisions but it's different man that's my alma mater oh da, 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 da. there is no difference if you yeah. if you're gonna be here stay here keep it 100 all the way don't sit there and try and feed me 80-20. Yep. Say, ah, there's this one little thing on the side I got to handle first before I can really commit to you guys. No, that, no, not, not when it comes to the coaching. So that's why I have, I have, no, I don't feel anything negative about what Mario Cristobal is going through and what he's doing. This is the state of it. It's no quick fix. And you went and did a bad thing. So sorry. Yep. Maybe uh, somewhere out there, if trades were allowed in college football, Maybe we could just swap a little Mario Cristobal for Jimbo Fisher. Who says no to that one, fellas? <laughs> and look what Oregon's doing right know. now. Just, just saying. What is Oregon doing right now? You're right, man. Right. All right. Boom. All right. We're, uh, we got a minute and a half left, so we're going to have to fly right. through this. We're going to end with our three stars of the week, quarterbacks, skill guys, defense. We'll do quarterbacks first. We'll go around the horn. George, you go first. Give us your Bo – Nicks, Bo Nix, Oregon Ducks. Boom. Max, who you got? I got Jaden Daniels, five tutties. 11 in the last two weeks. I'm going Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State. He outdueled Quinn Ewers and uh, off an injury. That was impressive to me. Skill guy, George, who you got? Uh, Marvin Harrison, Jr., the Ohio State. 
I'm, I'm going with Deuce Vaughn. No guy means more to his team and for TCU than that little running back that looks like Darren Sproles Jr. He's tough. He's tough. Yeah. George, you're hitting us with the Monday night football, the, the player name in the school right now. <laughs> yeah. It's special. It's special. I'm going Will Shipley at Clemson. We could talk about K Club, but we better mention Will Shipley and what he did in that second half to get that win. No Defensive question. guy, George, who you got? Eli Ricks, long limb corner from Alabama. I'm going linebacker Dorian Williams from Tulane. Had a great game. Mm -hmm. And Tulane is it, that wave is right. We don't see it. But that wave is going down there. Good I'm call. Going to Buckeye. Good call. I'm going to Buckeye. I'm going Tommy Eichenberg. He stuffed the stat sheet this week. The Had backer. Yep, yep, the backer. He was impressive to me. And we'll see what he can do against the Penn State Nittany Lions. Gentlemen, always he had 37. He had 37 tackles against Michigan State, just FYI. But go ahead. <laughs> can we get a fact check on that, producers? Can we get a fact check? I was it's already been it's already associated to fact. Oh, everything yeah. hurts, George. Why'd you have to end on that note? Well, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Cheers to you. To everybody watching at home, we appreciate you. Come back with us tomorrow night. We'll be back here live on the Field of 12. After